Welcome into episode 56 of the Sources Say Podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the Growing KSR Podcast Network. I am your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio, and today I'm happy to be joined once again by Travis Graff and David Sisk of Cats Illustrated. Travis, what's going on, man? Oh, just been grinding all weekend, been scouting at the Louisville League. Uh, scouted last night at this thing called the Invites for local kids around here in Kentucky and southern Indiana. And it, it's a good thing that uh, Wes Hinton has going on down at the Delta Foundation down at Portland. I've really enjoyed it, and it's a good opportunity for the kids. So Travis has like 12 jobs now. He's juggling his rivals gigs. He's juggling made hoops. He's, you know, working for State Farm. The dude just never stops. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm worried he's overworking himself. But uh, he's earning all the credibility, all the respect. Uh, that he deserves. He's working his butt off, and, and we appreciate him joining our show once again. Uh, David, we have missed you. Uh, I mean, we, we'll talk about what's going on the last couple of weeks, but I have personally missed you and, and talking with you and, and getting updates from you. So how are you doing? Well, I've missed you too, but uh, I was talking to Travis last night at 3 o'clock, Travis from State Farm, and my wife said he sounded hideous. She went lying. I, I was probably in my boxers, not khakis. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm chilling. What, what are you wearing, Travis, from State Farm? <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh. Well, anyway, um, so we're back this week. It has been a whirlwind of the a, of a last two weeks. Um, so it started out – I, I we had a death in the family my my wife's grandfather passed away they were very close um it's he's kind of been sick for about a month now kind of led up to this point and we actually we had our wedding scheduled for this past friday so he passed on tuesday and then and then the the wedding was friday evening so it was just kind of a an emotional last week you know knowing that he was kind of inching closer toward 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 you know bad news the week before and then uh, obviously with it actually happening this past Tuesday. So we obviously weren't able to record this past week and the week before we actually had a sco- a show schedule or a, a show recorded. We were going to have Damian Collins on uh, go figure. John Calipari decides to call him the night that we have him on our show. So, and you know, I, I can't really blame him for taking John Calipari's call over hours, but by the time, you know, we sorted through, tried to get a, a scheduled date with him and, and updated there was just so much dated information and the stuff that we had in our show. And it just kind of, it didn't make sense for us to just try to try to make it work. So uh, that, that's the reason why we haven't sh- had a show the last two weeks, but I promise starting right now, we're going to be right back on schedule. We're going to have Wednesday shows tonight. We're recording Thursday, um, but starting next week, we'll be right back on track on Wednesday shows. And then uh, uh, we'll be smooth sailing from there. So with that being said, um, because of the lost time, I've, I think we've decided that this episode is going to be a complete review of the latest recruiting information for all of the kids with Kentucky offers right now. Uh, we kind of touched on it, the, the, the uh, podcast we had to scrap originally two weeks ago. Uh, but with this, I just wanted to go one by one with all the kids with offers. What, what's the latest with them? What we need to know about them? You know, decision timelines, all that stuff. Um, and then we're going to have a second episode this weekend. We're going, we're tentatively planning on having Damian Collins. Uh, he says this weekend is going to work out for him. So we'll interview him again uh, this, this upcoming weekend. If that doesn't work out, we'll get a Bryce Hopkins. We'll get somebody locked in. We'll get a special guest for you guys uh, to make up for this lost time. So without further ado, I want to just run through 
that that's going to be the bulk of the show. We're going to go one by one with all the offers. And I want to just get your all's take on the who, what, when, where, and why with this recruitment, where are they leaning? When are they going to decide? And uh, what scoop do you guys have about each of them? So let's just start at the top. Um, I kind of separated, I wrote a post on this on, on KSR, kind of separated the kids into various tiers, the elite tier. So the top 10 ish kids, uh, then the, you know, five-star kids, four-star kids, and then the reclass kids. Uh, and we'll just, you know, go going down that same list that, that I posted on the website. So we'll start with Patrick Baldwin Jr. The general consensus right now is, is Duke or Milwaukee. It's kind of been that way for a long time. But he just recently did an interview, I believe it was with Sports Illustrated, where he said that he's been kind of taking recruiting off of the last couple of months, dealing with the you know pandemic and everything going on, everything kind of just coming to a complete halt. He wanted to... Uh, you know, kind of not focus on recruiting, but he said now moving forward, it's go time. He's going to start cutting his list down, uh, all that good stuff. So Travis, what do you know about Patrick Baldwin right now? And uh, do you think that there's any chance that Kentucky can land this kid? Um, right now, I mean, I'd give UK the most minuscule chance because I mean, anything can happen, but to see where Kentucky has their recruiting efforts at right now, who they're putting that effort towards, it just doesn't seem like they're in a good position with Patrick Baldwin. I've never heard UK was in a good position with Baldwin. Whenever I talk to UK, they said themselves, like, hey, we're not in a good position with Baldwin. So either it's the biggest smoke screen of all time, which I don't think, or if I, I don't see it happening. But if somehow he ended up at Kentucky, it would be one of the biggest recruiting upsets, maybe even the biggest recruiting upset of the John Calipari era. I mean, depending on where you where you look – this kid is the number one ranked prospect in America. I mean, David, why is this kid so good? Why is he so highly ranked? And what kind of recruiting upset would this be if Kentucky would be able to, you know, pull off such an upset? I'll answer your second question first. Um, we did an article earlier in the week, Travis and I, where we uh, went to Rivals 2021 uh, rankings came out uh, this way early in the week. Uh, and Travis said, let's do each one that's, that's got an offer. And, and I said, well, can we mention him too? Because he's not going to go to Kentucky. And I'll be honest with you, I've not watched a whole lot of him simply because I never felt like Kentucky uh, had a huge shot. Yeah. But um, from what I've seen, and I know this, and, and I, I think I've said this before, if you take a 6'4 guard who is really, really good, and you take a 6'8", six, 6'9", six, guard who's really, really good, the 6'8", six, 6'9", six, guard is going to be higher ranked. He's going to be higher recruited. He's going to end up being a better player in the NBA uh, because of the length, the size. Um, I mean, you take a 6'9", I guess it's like boxing. The yeah. great big guy always beats the great little guy. And – just the added length and height and all that adds up to such a big advantage. So you think about the really good six nine players now in a league that can play out on the floor, man, and they've just got you know such an advantage. We're seeing them every game in the NBA playoffs. Yeah, and you look at Patrick Baldwin, like you said, just the build, like the archetype. He is what pro basketball players look like. He is what stars at the next level look like. What they're built like, how they move. Patrick Baldwin has all of the tools. It's just can he put it all together? It's We've seen many kids. I hope he does. I hope every kid succeeds. But I put, like, we've seen so many kids in this situation before that have all the tools, the physical attributes, can shoot, can put it together. But once they get to the NBA, 
I mean, they might do good in college, but once they get to the NBA, they just become role players, which is, I mean, hell, being an NBA role player is my dream. Yeah. But <laughs> for somebody like Patrick Baldwin, the sky's the limit. I mean, he, to me, he's a future NBA all-star. Yeah, I, I just get a little confused with with what he actually is because you look at some some services and, and they list him as, as a power forward. We kind of poke fun at the the Paolo Bancaros of the world that say that they are a, you know, I'm a three, I'm a two, I can play one through five. You know, you, you kind of poke fun at guys that think that they are something that they're not. And, I mean, that's, you know, nothing against Paolo. We've talked, hyped him up a whole bunch in the past. But, but you know, he kind of calls himself – he's listed anywhere from, from a three or four, wherever you look. Um, but he is a true perimeter player. He's a guy that, that you know, kind of like what we like with Kevin Knox, where, where he, he's like a, a more skilled, more, you know, elite shooter version of, of what Kevin Knox brought to the table at, at the college level. And he was a, you know, a, a top ten draft pick back, you know, several years back. So, so – the potential is obviously with, is obviously there. There's a reason he's top two at you know at worst in the nation. Uh, but in terms of of where he's actually going to go to school, uh, yeah, I think the only buzz right now is Duke and, and Milwaukee. Uh, with you know Duke being the the heavy favorites right now. But I'm just kind of curious why we haven't seen as much about the the team here uh, team hero connection up in Milwaukee. You know, you would think that with those connections that UK would get a little bit more of a push, especially seeing, you know, I have the Miami-Boston game on right now, seeing what Tyler Hero is bringing to the table in the playoffs. You'd think he would see this nonstop and, you know, be more interested in Kentucky and there'd be, you know, more smoke surrounding the Wildcats. That, I just that don't Tyler think. Hero, the Tyler Hero AAU deal came in later. Uh, I mean, he was already – if he was 2022, maybe it would have a bigger impact. But uh, – He's been uh, – I mean, he was well inside uh, uh, with Duke, or Duke was well inside with him, rather, uh, before Tyler Hero really ever got involved. So, you know, that that was probably a little too little too late. Yeah, and another thing is, like, with Cal, or, like, just in relationship in general, like you were talking about Tyler Hero and Patrick Baldwin, there's really deep ingrained – really deep ingrained – relationships that are built behind the scenes with the top handlers in every city. Some kid telling a kid like, Hey, I need to go to Kentucky because of this, because of that. I mean, Kentucky would get every kid in New Jersey if that was the case. Mm -hmm. uh, but it just, I mean, the relationships behind the scenes are what moves these kids certain places. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see where things go with their little to no momentum with Kentucky right now, but it is an oddly, quiet recruitment um that does you know we kind of compared him to a kevin knox type perimeter bigger player we could see a kevin knox type recruitment because there's just kind of been these you know preconceived notions with his recruitment for a long time has have those changed we don't know he he has been outspoken about how little he's focused on recruitment over the last couple months so you know, I, I think he's going to be a, a spring signee regardless so uh, no matter how things unfold there's there's plenty of time for for all the schools involved, not just the the perceived favorites at the top of his list. Uh, moving on, the big name that Kentucky fans are all just dying to know about and and just figure out the latest with him is Jaden Hardy, consensus top ten kid in the in the, the class of 2021, elite standout scorer, one of the best shooters in in the nation. Uh, for for I mean the last year year and a half, Kentucky was seen as the the 
overwhelming favorite. Everybody and their mother thought he was going to end up being a, a wildcat. And it seems like over the last, oh, I don't know, two months, it seems like Kentucky's momentum has slipped in a major way. And all the, G, all the talk right now is G League uh, first and foremost. And if not, UCLA is kind of looming as, as one of those top options. Travis, I want to know why that is. Why do you think that there's so much momentum right now with the G League? And uh, is there anything to – Kentucky slipping, UCLA gaining? Oh, yeah. There's definitely uh, – talking to some people out on the West Coast that know people that know Hardy really well. I talked with them on September 5th. We haven't recorded since then. So, I'm, re- I'm going to read you a little excerpt I put on House of Blue real quick. I said, just talked to someone who said that Hardy has been talking about teaming up with other top prospects at multiple West Coast schools. Cronin and UCLA are confident about where they stand. This person told me – that they believe he wants to go to West Coast School, most likely UCLA, but others in his camp who have a lot of pool want UK and G League. Still gathering info, but this person uh, told me it depends on if the player or if others near him went out and get what they want. Basically, though, I've heard it's UCLA. I've had conversations after that where it pretty much said G League or UCLA, that UK is kind of falling behind here. And, I mean, I don't really know what happened on UK's end. But, I mean, this was a layup for UK probably this time last year. And something just – it just fell through. Um, you, you hadn't heard – like, you'd always heard – we talked about on here before, Kentucky's the leader, Kentucky's the leader. Well, if you're the leader that long, I mean, you should commit. Something's wrong if you're not committed and you're still the leader. So, they may not have been the leader this whole time. But, I mean, Kentucky was all, always felt like they're in a good spot, but now UCLA feels like they're in a fantastic spot. And it seems like it's them or the G League right now. Yeah, I think one thing that keeps crossing my mind right now is the Jalen Green situation, how, you know, Kentucky was seen as a, a as an early leader for Jalen Green. We've talked to him, you know, several times in the past. He has openly said that, that Kentucky was his dream school growing up. He always dreamed of going to Kentucky. They were the number one school on his list before Memphis and the Penny Hardaway thing kind of came over. And, and they reached a point with Kentucky – in, in, in his recruitment, that they finally just said, you know what, odds are pretty damn likely that he's going to end up at the G League. And even if he doesn't, I don't want to be left at the altar at the end of the day. I don't want to be, I don't want springtime to roll around. And even if we secure his commitment in November, he originally wanted to, to, to sign in the early, early signing period last year. It, you know, you don't want to accept his commitment that early and then not be able to recruit, you know, the, you know, other elite guards it was either Terrence Clark or, uh, or Jalen Green back, back last fall. You don't want to accept a commitment from them now. And then later on, or, you know, in the spring, late in the spring, he leaves you at the altar, signs with the G League, and then you're stuck with nobody. And I think that is the position that Kentucky is in right now. And they kind of reached a crossroads where they, like Travis said, you can only be a Kentucky lock for so long before they start going, all right, we can only do so much. You say that you want to come to Kentucky. We offered you as such. We've been recruiting you as such. What's the holdup? We're pushing you for a commitment. You keep saying, oh, yeah, you know, I love you guys. I love you guys. I want to come. I want to come. At some point, you got to jump on that offer. And if you don't, obviously, there's some red flags there. Obviously, there's something that's drawing them away from the program or they're wanting to play reindeer games with their recruitment and all that. And, and sometimes Kentucky just reach, they reach a point where they say, you know what, it's, it's just not worth my time. Um, and that brings us to our next, our, our next, you know, guard that 
there have been some rumblings that this is who they have kind of replaced Jaden Hardy on their recruiting list with, and that is Hunter Salas. So, so David, I want you to tell us a little bit about Hunter Salas and, uh, you know, kind of what seems to be a UK-UNC battle right now. I would say UK-UNC, uh, but also Creighton. Uh, the NCAA, you know, ruled yesterday that the uh, – uh, there's going to be no visits. The dead period's going to be extended to January 1st. And, you know, that's probably not getting as much ink right now because they came out with when the you know, season schedule would start, when practice would start and all that. But it's a big issue in recruiting because basically what it means is a lot of these schools are not going to get visits uh, for guys that want to do it during the early signing period. Um, so here's your issue. Uh, you know, Hunter, uh, he's been, he lives in Omaha. He knows Creighton well. Kentucky, unless he does something on his own dime, you know, that, that's a pretty good haul. And if even if you go, I mean, you're – like we said with other players, like Trey Kaufman when he went to Virginia, you're looking into John Paul Jones Center with the doors locked because it's a recruiting violation if you go in trying to see what the hallways look like. Yeah. You can't talk with coaches. You can't do any of that. So – Creighton's got that advantage. I've spoken with two or three people that that know this situation well, and it's me. It really is. Of three people, one thinks Iowa State's in, one doesn't think Iowa State's in. Uh, but you've got that. But in the end, there is a growing uh, consensus that he's going to choose a blue blood. When he got when he goes over that 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 he's going to end up going to North Carolina or Kentucky over Creighton, which one that's going to be I don't know. There's no doubt Kentucky has picked up momentum. Uh, I spoke with an, an individual today, and we kind of talked about the systems compared with North Carolina and Kentucky and what fits best for him. And he's such a good player that he anything could fit. The one thing that I'm hearing. Uh, that's changed a little bit. You know, we were hearing a couple weeks ago that it was going to be in the spring before we done anything. I hear that there's a rift, not necessarily a, a rift, I would say, but a little disagreement on things that of the family, uh, a couple, including him, really want to kind of go ahead and do it in the fall. And there's another family member that wants to wait till the spring. Uh, so there's not a consensus there. So that's something that they're working on. So uh, I know some people think that this thing could get done in the spring. I know one individual said that he would decide before Sky Clark does. So I thought that was interesting. So uh, if he does it early, I, you know, I think it could help. Uh, it could help Kentucky. Travis, Corey Evans, you know, obviously before he left, which is left rivals, which is, is significant news. He said something along something to the effect of it will because of the Jaden Hardy situation and UK has has turned it up a notch with Hunter Salas. And he said something to the effect of long term, it's going to be a better move for Kentucky uh, in terms of fit to have Hunter Salas on the roster than Jaden Hardy. Uh, and I wish I had the exact quote in front of it, in front of me. So if I'm completely off base, you know, if Corey's listening to this, please don't hurt me. But I, I want to know your take in terms of fit. If it, Knowing what we know now, do you think it is a good move? Do you think it will be a, a better fit long-term for Kentucky 
uh, for Hunter Salas to be a wildcat than Jaden Hardy? Uh, yeah, I, I definitely think so. I think that – well, I mean – Assuming that, uh, assuming that well, he does – I thought you were saying Scott Clark, but no. Jaden Hardy, I mean, I think it's neck and neck. I thought you were talking about uh, Scott Clark, yeah, because I think Salas is a much better fit than Scott Clark in Kentucky. But Jane Hardy, I mean, I'm, man, that's that's tough. Uh, Hardy could be one of the most prolific scorers in the Cal Perry era. He'd be up there with the Malik Monks, the Jamal Murrays, in my opinion, at Kentucky. I think Hunter Salas, his development over the past year, you know, last year he just had Omaha, Nebraska, I think was his only offer, or some school like that, some small school. Yep. And his upward trajectory, he's grown. He's still – he's – I always compare – his athleticism to he's a quarter of a step, half step slower than De'Aaron Fox. He's got the same type of explosiveness toward the rim as De'Aaron Fox does. Um, like he, I like, I like how smooth he is and compact as an athlete. Uh, I think he's a mix of like him and Shea. And I mean, if you mix those two, I don't think he, <laughs> I'm not going to put on there. I mean, I'm not going to put it that he's as good as those two yet. I mean, right. he could be, he could be better, but like the style of play, he brings bits and pieces of those of those two players. And you see what those two players did in the Cal Perry system at Kentucky. I think he's a guy that if he comes to Kentucky, like I mean, Kentucky, North Carolina are the best two schools for him. North yeah. Carolina has a damn fun system for point guards, and they have open open court system compared to Kentucky. But Cal Perry, the proof is in the port. Uh, the uh, tongue tied. The proof is in the pudding. There we go. Um, but I think. Dude, it would fit like a glove. You play on ball, you play off ball, and I mean, he can shoot, he can pull up from mid range, he can drive. He has a willingness to defend. Cal Perry will turn. I think he'll turn him into a very above average defender. I haven't really paid too much attention to South's defense, but in terms of the recruitment, I'm going with what David Sisk says because I haven't heard too much on my end, and David has been the guy on this one. He's on top of it. He he is. Um, I, I'm gonna tell you what. One thing about him. Uh, and we're talking about Salas. I've watched four of his games. We went back, and Travis and I, you know, watched some here about two weeks ago. I watched four. Nothing's forced. You can't speed him up. Uh, he's in control, so he's not as dynamic. But he'll sneak up on you. But I'm still waiting on him to make a mistake. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I have not seen anything in his game that's not a strong point. He really is, he's a guy to me without weaknesses and – I wouldn't even look at any part of his game and say, well, that's fair. I mean, he's he's good to really good to great in every category. Yeah, it, it kind of eerily reminds me of the the Trey Young recruitment, you know, with, with Jaden Hardy, um, where, you know, you know what you're going to get with, with Trey Young. Trey Young is, is a phenomenal, phenomenal player, you know, as we're seeing in the, in the NBA right now. Perfect fit. You know, what he brought to the table at Oklahoma was was – perfect for them but when you get the Shea Gilgis Alexanders of the world that kind of come in and and how things worked out with that roster now you know obviously the team had its flaws you know Quade Green wasn't you know and nobody knew Shea was going to be Shea yeah and UK was not expecting that just in terms of on-court production how it worked out for itself with with how those recruitments unfolded I mean we could see something very similar. And, and, you know, there are some people that go, oh, Jaden Hardy, oh, Kentucky missed out on their, on their prime pro- prospect. Oh, Calipari's lost it. Let's realize that Jaden Hardy is the number four ranked player in the country, number four or, or number five. Hunter Salas is number six. So to say that one player is significantly, you know, 
world better than the other is, is nonsense. You're going no matter who you get, if Kentucky can get either of them, they are going to be walking away with an elite basketball player, a top ten, top five fringe player in the country for a reason. So let's you're not going to have to fight the G League for Hunter Salas. That's you a, know, one that's thing a John Calipari's been able to do, which kind of makes me think G League, and he's done it since we've been had this show. You can think about players that he's pulled off of that ended up going G League. And yeah. you know that and guys that we thought they had a great shot for at one time. And he backed off. You're kind of like, why did he back off? Well, you found out later why he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he Calipari knows what he's doing more often than not. He has made some mistakes on the recruiting trail, picked some players over others that ended up not working out in his favor. But I will take his track record with reading the room with the G League and and all that good stuff, knowing that they're going to, you know, make a surprise commitment. You know, the Josh Christopher's, you know, those type of, of recruitments, Calipari – knows what he's doing he's not going to be a hat on the table as he said over and over again this last recruiting cycle uh and and this is a move that i think i think kentucky fans are going to you know i'm assuming that salas does end up at kentucky it's going to be a move that ends up as a net win for kentucky at the end of the day i i personally believe um all right moving on damian collins we're going to have him on the show hopefully this weekend so we'll get a lot of in-depth stuff on him but travis you you know you you talked to somebody just recently about him that that we talked before on the show about as in-depth, you know, as we, we know publicly right now uh, on his recruitment. So I'm dying to know your take, what you're willing to put out there publicly uh, regarding Damian Collins recruitment. Yeah. So I talked to somebody that has as good of knowledge about this Damian Collins recruitment outside of Damian himself. Um, basically right now, his best friend is committed to Oklahoma, Bijan Cortez. He's a guard. Um, they were on the phone like a couple of nights ago. And this person told me that like Bajon's like trying to get him. He's like, you got to come to Oklahoma. You got to come to Oklahoma because he knows Kentucky is looming large and he really wants to play with his best friend. And Oklahoma was pushing for a commitment too. They had a Zoom call a couple of nights ago. But this guy asked uh, Damien whenever they got the phone, he's like, hey, like you gave Kentucky gave you something to think about, didn't it? And uh, he's like, yeah, like it, like pretty much he's like, dude, it's rough. Like, He's torn. And as if you all remember, as soon as UK started getting involved, I was told by the same individual that Kentucky and Duke would be the only two teams that could possibly get in the middle of that Oklahoma, Texas um, recruitment for, uh, for Damian. But I think, I mean, <laughs> it seems like he's really torn and that's usually a good thing. If, because if UK hadn't offered right now, I feel like he would have been committed to either school. I don't know which one he favors over Oklahoma and Texas. I want to say Oklahoma, but I keep going back and forth depending on who, who I talk to. But And then this guy tells me it's neck and neck. But, I mean, everybody agrees that him and Kentucky would be a perfect marriage. Well, let's go back to Jay Lucas before he ended up going to Kentucky. He was committing to Texas. Like, it was a done deal. He was committing to Texas last month. And when rumors started spreading that Jay Lucas was was potentially, you know, leaving leaving Texas and heading to Kentucky, it completely changed the 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 I mean the whole outcome of his recruitment, the whole outlook of his recruitment. This is a dude that was ready to ready to go Longhorns. A a move as significant as Jay Lucas going to Kentucky made him completely clean slate, go back to the drawing board and rethink things over. 
and now it appears that Kentucky is the the sole reason for him, uh, you know, not going to Oklahoma with his best friend and not going to the the you know Texas school that he was ready to commit to last month. So, just thinking about that in itself really reminds me of the Isaiah Jackson situation when Isaiah Jackson seemed like he was he was headed to Alabama. He had some of those other those other offers. He was really you know going back and forth between a couple other schools uh and at the end of the day Kentucky was just Kentucky it, they there was no other option but Kentucky for him and I mean it really I'm it's starting to get that vibe where he starts realizing that yes Kentucky especially with Jay Jay Lucas uh is is the place for him and and uh, I, I expect him to be a a fall signee and at this point I would lean I would lean Kentucky I really would um but you know we just we just got to see in these next couple of weeks how much of a pull, uh, like Travis said, if he's willing to jump on a an offer from Oklahoma to play with his best friend, uh, or or go with his go with his gut and go with the you know the Jay Lucas of the world and the John Calipari's of the world. It just it, it, things things will get really really interesting here in the next couple of weeks. Um, all right, uh, David, I want you to talk about Musa Diabate surprise offer. We kind of knew Kentucky was was flirting with him roughly, uh, you know, last year. But an offer was officially extended in in early September. I want to know what you think of his game and uh, what what you make of of Kentucky offering him at this point in time. He's uh, kind of unique um, in watching him last year. I know ESPN when they did their games and. You were at uh, Hoop Hall, I think, when they were up there. And Paul Bencardi kept saying he's 6'11". And he did not look 6'11 to me. They had some guys that were 6'11", and he was not that size. He played out on the perimeter. He kind of reminded me of Corey Brewer's role with Rockets a little bit, uh, where they stood him in the corner on the perimeter, and they played four out. Uh, you know, around a big inside. Now, if they put their five in the ball screen, then he might post up on the other side. But as soon as they rolled, he'd go out to the corner. He could guard the other team's big. So he has a lot of versatility defensively. He can play a little bit of point forward. He can handle the ball. He can bring it down the floor. He still needs to tighten up and have court traffic. Uh, he's unique. He, he's not He's not a score. You know, we, we had a, a – individual on our board kind of compare him to winning Gabriel. Hmm. And I think there's reasons to think that uh, he can score in traffic a little bit with a garbage. He reminds me just, you know, he's, he's, he's got a great physical package because he can run. He moves like a perimeter player, but he's got the size of a, a post. I think, you know, he would, he could, he could be kind of that, maybe three, four, five. Kentucky's kind of getting into that guy, you know, that they're bringing in that can play a little bit of three but go inside. He's not going to be a big offensive guy. I can't see that. But uh, like I said, he's a he's a garbage-type player from what I've seen, can really defend. I think he could be a lockdown defender. Uh, but he can rebound. He can do some little things, uh, you know. And so, so he's got some stuff to his game. I really want to see with all the players that they've had leave, if he can step his offensive game up as a senior. Travis, what do you know about his recruitment? I mean, things have been just completely silent for the longest time. Uh, this offer just kind of came out of nowhere. Do you think Kentucky is a viable option for him? Uh, 
I honestly don't know right now. Like I said before, actually, I don't know if it was on the, the scrapped episode or not. Yeah. <laughs> probably was. Um, I used to talk with his handler quite a bit. I had to talk to him through an app called WhatsApp because he, he was over in France. And me and him had a good relationship. I don't know if he got a new number, just didn't want to talk to me. Well, I mean, I don't care. But um, I haven't I haven't been in contact with him since – early 2020 like pre-pandemic 2020 yeah. <laughs> so uh that tells you how long ago i've talked with them but i think that kentucky i mean it makes sense if you can replace if you can he's like a lance Ware and isaiah jackson that you can bring in and be a multi-year it should be a multi-year guy and yeah. you can bring in a multi-year guy right on the heels of He'd be a freshman in what should be Isaiah Jackson and Lance Ware's second year. And those two guys, I think, are two- to three-year players. Should be. Hopefully, hopefully UK wins it all and they go first round. But, <laughs> I, but I mean, if if UK wants to start bringing in a couple multi-year bigs like that, Diabate fits that mold to a T. Perfect. I think um, – I talked to somebody that knows his situation really well and – they were telling me that he has been in, locked in the gym because, of course, you can't, he can't travel home due to travel restrictions. And so he's been – had no other choice but to get locked in the gym. And he said – this person told me that he's the best that he's looked in every facet of his game hmm. since he's been IMG. Yeah. And you bring up a good point with IMG too. I mean, that that in itself, having that connection, we thought we were going to get that with Brandon Huntley-Hatfield. And as we talked about on the show previously, that situation didn't work out. And uh, and uh, th- this would be a, a much better move long-term for uh, building that IMG connection for sure. Uh, Bryce Hopkins, I'll just take this one real quickly because I talked to his dad uh, just this week. They took an unofficial, unofficial this past weekend to Lexington. Who broke, who broke that? Oh wait, my bad. You 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 did. I I got the the in depth scoop on on how things went, all that. But yes, the the Travis Graf of of Thank rivals. He he was the uh, the uh, first to break the news that he actually took the trip to Lexington. Uh, I talked to his dad. Things went incredibly well. Could not have raved about Kentucky uh, anymore. And remember, he did this on his own dime. Not allowed to contact the coaching staff. They're not allowed to you know lead, like. David said earlier, not allowed to leave any doors open for him, can't visit the facilities, can't do any of that. This dude literally drove down to Lexington, stayed at an embassy suites, you know, walked through the bookstore on his own, walked through the business building because he wants to major in business. I mean, literally just – it would be no different than you you or me or, or you know, anybody – driving to Lexington and walking through campus. That's literally all he did. So, you know if he is willing to do that. It, I mean, I mean, it, it kind of tips his hat that, that he is very, very strongly considering Kentucky. If he's willing to pay his own dime, not going to a game, not doing anything, literally just to walk across campus, see Rupp Arena with his own two eyes, uh, you know, see the layout. He was really impressed with how close the the practice facility was with uh, the living quarters, the Wildcat Co Lodge. He thought, you know, in case uh, the, the pandemic extends into next year or whatever the case is. If my son is in a situation like they are in right now at Kentucky, I feel confident that John Calipari has has my son's best interest at heart, and uh, that that he would be able to keep him safe during during these times. Which I mean, think that there's there's a ton of value in that in itself. Um, that that put, word for word out of the mouth of Isaiah Jackson's dad, even though COVID wasn't around, he knew how 
accessible that Kentucky players, the demand was to get around them. And he kept saying the whole time, I, I just know that, you know, John Calipari can keep them safe. Yeah, and and he he liked how secluded it was, isol- how isolated they were away from the student body. They wouldn't have to worry about you know the, him getting anything or dealing with you know just the average regular student on a day to day basis. Um, I mean, he just really from from start to bottom raved. He raved about the sushi food that he ate on that Saturday night. I mean, just down to the specifics of how much they love that visit. Uh, a list cut is coming this week. He said he he thinks. It's going to get cut down to four. Kentucky is absolutely going to be on it. He said, uh, and he said the goal is for them to make a decision by the end of this month or early October. Can I ask you two a question? Sure. Two questions. Number one, when do you think, you said this week, when do you think that list is going to be trimmed? And number two, uh, what's your confidence level that he goes to Kentucky? Um, I would pers- I, I think it'll happen this weekend, and, and I think he did a follow-up interview with somebody that said the, the goal is this, is some point this, this week, um, kind of hinted at it being a weekend list cut. Uh, I, all I know is that it's going to be four. Uh, and my confidence level in it being Kentucky, based on what his father told me, based on his, him raving, the, you know, his confidence in the Kentucky program, how much he was raving him, uh, you know, the coaching staff, the program as a whole – Based on everything, I have a I have a very high confidence that he'll end up in Kentucky at the end of the day. Travis, do you get that same vibe? Yeah, I got the I got the same exact vibe that you got. I've been talking with Mocan people since since the jump, since he, UK reached out to him, and they think that it'll be Kentucky in the end too. They thought that since before the offer came, they said if the offer came, that it'd be Kentucky. So going off that, I mean, you got to feel good about UK's chances. And connecting the dots here, his father also said that they are going to be relying heavily on the Mocan staff uh, for guidance in this recruitment, and, and they trust their thoughts on, on this as a whole. So if the Mocan people are pushing Kentucky and feeling confident about Kentucky's chances, you, you got to feel good about that. All right, we're going to end it here with, with two 2022 kids. One has an offer, one doesn't. We've talked about Sky Clark. We've had him on the show twice, three times now, whatever it's been. Um, Travis, there's no other person that knows his recruitment better than you do. And Jaden Bradley as well. You know his recruitment just about better than anybody than uh, anybody else out there. So I want to end here. Uh, what's the latest with both of them? What's a, you know? Do you think either of them or both of them reclassified to 2021? And uh, what's your confidence level in Kentucky for both? Um, like I said, with the Sky Clark recruitment, eventually I'll be able to tell the full story on everything I, that I know. But I'm going to be a professional and not say everything i mean you guys know what's up but it but eventually uh there will be a great insider like what happened behind the scenes episode of sources say where we go into the nuts and bolts of the sky clark recruitment like what happened my copy of your book (laughs) yeah (laughs) like what go like what happened like what caused him to go to kentucky that's what if that's what happens or what caused him to go go another direction if that's what happens um this one was – how am I going to put this without giving it away? Uh, this one was all but in the bag uh, August, like first week of August for Scott at Kentucky, and it had been for a while before then. Um, but it was almost finalized. And so right now, I mean, David's probably got a better read on it than I do because he's North Carolina, so I, and I've been kind of frustrated with some things. But, um, yeah, I think – I think 
there's a good chance. I think if Hunter Salas was to pop first and go to to North Carolina, I think that then Sky would go to Kentucky in 2021. Uh, perfect storm. I mean, Sky waits till 2022, which I don't see happening. And then you get Hunter Salas and Sky Clark. But mm-hmm. I mean, the way things are trending, I mean, I like I said, going off what other people have said, like David said, like uh, Corey Evans has said, it seems like UK is trending for uh, Hunter for 2021, and then subsequently Sky's going to go to North Carolina for 2022 – or for 2021. And yep. then, I mean, I'm, I feel pretty confident that he's going to reclass. And then with Jaden Bradley, his camp has told me that they're entertaining the offer going 2021, but it's not a priority for him. I think, uh, he like, grade-wise, he's good. Uh, Jaden's a high academic kid, and we've talked about them possibly being a package deal with Sky before. And it's my understanding that – Jaden's going to do what's best for Jaden. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, package deals don't, don't work out nine times out of ten anyway. But Jaden's going to do what's best for Jaden. Uh, they're not like they're not going to take into consideration heavily what the Clarks are going to do, probably, in my opinion. But, I mean, Jaden Bradley, for my money, outside of DJ Wagner, is probably the best point guard in high school basketball. Um, if you want a kid to lead your team, I mean – Jane Hardy, I mean, uh, Jane Bradley is that guy. Um, I think I don't know what his ceiling is going to be long term, but he's one of those guys that's going to be like a 10, 12 year NBA vet, like doing some sort of role, getting like playoff minutes off the bench. It doesn't matter. Like he's going to be in the mix. Some guys might have higher ceilings long term, but I mean, for my money, I'm going to war with Jane Bradley. Yeah. Talking, going, going a little bit more on, on Sky, talking the Kentucky side of things, they offered Sky under the assumption that he was going to be a quick decision, a quick commitment, get him locked up for 2021 very quickly. And the longer it has dragged out, the longer they're, you know, taking zoom calls with other schools, you know, the, he cut it down to eight, then added more schools to his list. That's the thing. When was the last time Kentucky has landed a kid that has done the things that like Sky's done where he's gone from like, told people like, Hey, I'm about to commit. And then that same day dropped a top schools list. And then the next week made it a different amount of schools and then added to Paul in Kansas. And then cut them like two to three days later. Like I like the the Clark family is great. Like they're great people. They've been great to me, but just reading like the reading between the lines here, when has, when's the last time Kentucky has won out in a recruitment that has gone like that? Yeah. It's been, it's been a long time. Um, I mean, it's, it's frustrating. I mean, it it really is because, and I think that's Kentucky's frustration. I think they're looking at this and going, dude, you say, you you say all the right things. You, you know, they're, you know, we were under the assumption that this was a a done deal for, for us. We thought you'd be committed publicly by now. And uh, that just simply hasn't happened yet. And, And again, I mean, he very well could pop at any moment and, and it would all be a moot point at this. He, he has said that he's, you know, both publicly and in private, that he doesn't want this recruitment to extend very long. Um, he said on this show that he was planning to commit, you know, in, in the early signing period, no matter what. So, you know, when it when it boils down to it, I still think we see a, a commitment rather soon, and I think it'll come down to Kentucky and North Carolina. Those are easily the top two on his on his list right now. Um, but I am we'll we'll see we'll we'll see how contact you know picks up on both sides and uh, 
who favors who and, and, and how this thing unfolds. That, that's going to be a, a hell of a recruitment to watch down the stretch. And a, it could be a, a massive domino effect for, for other players moving forward. Um, all right. We'll end it there. We, like we promised, we'll have a two-parter. We'll, we'll put this episode up tonight. And then uh, this weekend we'll interview most likely Damian Collins. If not, we'll get Bryce Hopkins or, or somebody else. Uh, we'll have a special guest episode then. be a lot of fun. We're looking forward to it. We appreciate your patience and understanding for, uh, for the delay. So with that, um, Travis, where can fans find your work? You can find my work alongside David Sisk on Cats Illustrated on the Rivals Network. You can find me on Twitter at, Trav- at TravisGraph underscore. And then if you all want to save some money, hit your boy up on Twitter. I've just saved eight people, like, a combined – between their policies, probably 3200 bucks. Sheesh. And, yeah, it's uh, it's been nice. Uh, if you need auto insurance, life insurance, renter's insurance, you need a boat insurance, hit me up. I'm your guy. <laughs> there we go. I love – Mary, would you do that for me? <laughs> no, you're in Tennessee. I legally can't. <laughs> <laughs> but I fully intend on switching over to the Travis Graff. Uh, I'm currently with State Farm. Wouldn't even think twice about it. It's it's a done deal. Didn't even have to recruit me over. It, it's it's been done. Um, so yeah, appreciate your work, Travis. Uh, go follow him and definitely reach out to him about State Farm. And David, where can fans find your work? I don't have anything to sell except uh, me. Cats Illustrated, <laughs> alongside Travis and also Coach David Siska, Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Jack Pilgrim KSR. Reach out to me via email at jpilgrim at kentuckysportsradio.com. We will be back this weekend with another special edition of the Sources Say podcast, followed by uh, another regularly scheduled episode on Wednesday. Uh, we will be back then. Have a good evening.